0: It's Monday, March 1st. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, Tyler? Oh, so good, man. It's early afternoon. I have not been crippled
1: by the post-lunch uh, snooze festival. Yeah, it is my metabolism. That's what the Red Bull's for, right? Awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, we had a good little giggle here before the show as, uh, as we were messing around with some of the Zoom filters. Gave myself some pink eyebrows and a green mustache that tracks pretty well. If you use Zoom, go check it out. Uh, Studio beta in the uh, background and filters section. Have yourself a good time. It's, uh, it's pretty funny. Okay. Today in tech history. You want it? You ready for this? Yes, bring it. Okay. 55 years ago today. Well, let me ask you this, actually. So it happened 55 years ago today. The very first time a space probe landed on another planet, who do you think sent it? And where do you think it was sent from?
1: Wait, the first time a space probe landed on a different planet? Which planet
0: and where was it from? I didn't say which planet, but that's another question. Which planet do you think we hit first?
1: I'm going to go with Mars and I'm going to say Soviets did it.
0: Okay, yes, it was the Soviets, but no, we landed on Venus first. That was my second guess. The very first space probe to hit another planet. And I say hit, I'll explain a little bit more here in a second, because it didn't have quite a graceful landing. It launched from Kazakhstan, Ah! lighted with Venus, and it was launched by the Soviets. (laughs) Oops. Yes. So unintentional.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Collided. Yeah, yeah.
0: So the first unmanned spacecraft to reach the surface of another planet. Now, we had done flybys... Four years prior, I think, the U.S. had a space probe that went by Venus and could tell, like, do some temperature readings or something like that, right? And I don't know the temperature readings. I don't know. I have to look into that. But anyway, it was the first time that scientific things were done for Venus was four years prior to that. Cool. Anyway. Um, Why Venus? Did us see. Oh, no, it does actually it say. sorry. You know, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe because it's closer, it's easier to get to. But I don't I mean, know. That's a good question. Yeah, reasonable. here it says. Four years earlier, the U.S. probe Mariner 2 was the first spacecraft to pass close enough to Venus to take scientific measurements of the planet, discovering that the surface temperature is in excess of 800 degrees Fahrenheit. A little tough. A little tough to survive there. But so shortly after, a few years after this one, the, the Venera 3, that Soviet probe that landed there 55 years ago, or crash landed really. In 1967, Venera 4 succeeded where Venera 3 had failed, successfully ejecting several scientific instruments, including a thermometer, a barometer, an atmospheric density gauge, gas analyzers, all kinds of stuff like that. And then three years That's after cool. that, Venera 7 became the first spacecraft created by humans to soft land on Venus.
1: Ooh, Intentional. <laughs> yeah successfully sending back
0: images and data for 23 minutes before succumbing to the extremely high temperature and atmospheric pressure found on that's the awesome
1: uh, sacrificial robot satellites i love it yep that's yep. cool space is cool <clears throat> oh yeah so are other planets since i guess that doesn't count as space anymore right what is i mean space. where it's outer space but it's not it's i don't know i feel know. like space, what you got, is man? space in
0: between what's on your what's on your mind or do you want me to talk about uh, zoom fatigue real quick Zoom fatigue. Gosh. No. I what we pass zoom fatigue. Like at some point this is just normal. You can't be
1: fatigued anymore. Yeah.
0: Well, Stanford published a research uh it's just normal fatigue now publication on it. Yeah, they kind of narrowed it down to four things and gave some uh gave some suggestions for how to handle it. We can get into that. Well, that's cool.
1: We can. Yeah, but we don't have to do it first. Okay, I want to talk up. about how messed up Texas got during our snowpocalypse or snowmageddon, as, as it's commonly called last week. And uh, how interesting the news from our very wonky electric grid and market. So I, I have, because I'm yeah, dork. So that was real. What, the
0: snowmageddon? No, or? The, yeah, no the crazy news <laughs> that we were getting. I kept hearing things uh, like we were like one flip of the switch away from everything. Like Texas yeah. being in the dark for a month or two. Yeah. So apparently, that, that's
1: what ERCOT's reporting. aircot is the uh, the the collective, I guess, that manages our grid. So they're they're a uh, basically a board that makes decisions, and uh, they made the decision to force electricity providers to start doing rolling blackouts to prevent catastrophic loss of system. And uh, apparently, their emergency meeting was pretty spot on. Because the plants that went offline within minutes of some of that stuff as as I'm reading it, it would have caused a catastrophic system loss, right? That's where the, the supply was so dramatically below demand that it it would have caused terrible, terrible things to happen. So how
0: does that happen? Like the, the actual the energy generation plants wouldn't would keep just, up. They I know, but they it, would have just had it hit that level, they would have been damaged so that's
1: that's my understanding. Yeah, it'd that be they like wouldn't
0: be usable anymore.
1: Quite possible, right? It yeah. could be irrevers- or irreversible damage. I don't know all of the the details, but if you you know if you have a, a generator and you plug in seven air conditioning condensers, you know three ton units, and you turn them all on simultaneously, the instantaneous power draw from those AC units are almost certainly going to destroy something inside your generator, yeah. right? That that power draw is just going to melt componentry. Same thing can happen to a power plant. But we manage our grid, you know, to the T and we're we're making sure that we're overproducing and we're dumping or we're shedding load. If we're either shedding load, which is cutting off users, right? That's the the blackout side, or or you're dumping electricity somewhere, but there, there's limits to what you can do on, on that piece of it. So The uh, yeah, the ERCOT made that call. They did those things, but here's here's what I found really interesting, right? So Texas has a deregulated market. That that I am learning has a lot of really cool baggage, right? Um, I I say a lot of really cool cool baggage. (laughs) Cool from like an outside looking in. Wow, that's really kind of messed up, and it's interesting how it unfolded. It it is a very curious scenario. Not cool that lots of people without power for days and. That that some people died, and of course it was incredibly cold. So so there, it's very complicated. There's a lot of financial ramifications, which is yeah. part of what I'm going to get into, right? Um, but Texas made the decision to isolate their grid. That was part of the de- deregulation, is is kind of what it's referred to. Is that as. a good well,
0: thing?
1: Well, debatable, right? The okay. argument. is I saw a bunch of people on is,
0: Twitter hating on us. Well,
1: of, of course, because it Lots didn't work out
0: so hot, right? How'd that go um, for
1: you, Texas? Right, and so, so, but you saw the same kind of crap slinging towards uh, California's electricity grid yeah. and their market when they had rolling blackouts. What was that three years ago? Whatever that yeah. was,
0: I, I mean, thought we're literally a team. we're a nation,
1: right? Yeah, apparently not. Anyways, there was plenty of crap slinging towards California and their ability to manage it, and, the, and they were being criticized at that point. Well, Texas just had to do the same thing because of unpredictable circumstances, and. What what happened with the deregulation is, as I understand it, and by no means am I an expert, but I am very curious. And so- We play one on a podcast. We, we, we yeah, there you go. Uh, to deregulate our market, we had to disconnect effectively from the rest of the US grid, right? So if you connect to other parts of the grid so that you're interconnected, right, then you have to play by federal rules.
0: Those rules. Are we the only state that's like that?
1: I don't. Think we're the only one, but we might be. We're probably we're, we're almost certainly, certainly the biggest largest. and baddest one yeah. that's
0: deregulated. Clearly, everything's bigger in Texas. Um, but I mean, but well, that, say, that, let me say created, it this way though, real quick. I'm sorry. I know you're trying to get. No, no it's this. fine. I didn't even realize that states were connected to other. I didn't realize there was like a U.S. power grid. Right. I, I figured it was a state-owned thing anyway.
1: Right? Well, I, I think it's. I think it. There are probably pockets of both. I don't know sure. the whole U.S. outlay of the the grid, but it makes sense and put it this way, you go to Europe, yeah. the, the grids in Europe, they're often shared across international Nations. boundaries. Yeah, That can get really complicated because you go to the Czech Republic and have a DC grid, and you could be right across the, the border in Germany on an AC grid, and you got to translate that stuff if you want to yeah. interconnect, right? Yeah. So, so the non-trivial, lots of investment goes into being able to play nice across those borders. But it makes sense if you are going to play nice with all the other states in the United States sure. that you have to follow certain rules. And you're following those rules because it, it ensures less risk at the, the boundaries. And, and I'm sure there are also rules that are sort of built around not allowing situations like this to happen, for instance. Um, And and so that was one contributing factor. And then, of course, the extreme cold... Um turns out wasn't so much unpredictable, right? In fact, we kind of did predict a situation like this could happen um, more than once in the past. And we highlighted the the actual concern in, in a situation like this, which is basically exactly what happened. So we have an isolated grid. That's how we're deregulated. Deregulated means that the market gets to compete. That drives cost down. That's one of the biggest arguments for why you would deregulate a grid. Lower cost to consumers, arguably also higher profits in certain situations, right? Um, But it should, from a market dynamics perspective, the argument is it should work out better for everybody because the market will correct in the event that something is out of balance. Well, this event literally froze us out of power production. Um, And part of what contributed to that freeze out was the inability to deliver natural gas which is mm. a huge part of texas's supply um and then predictably because it's winter months our uh, renewable production is down wind and solar are only supposed to carry like a third of what they do in in peak months in in the winter but we we know this we plan for this right like sure. solar is going to produce nine percent of, of our electricity in january and it's going to produce 27 in june yeah um so, But even it, I think, was a little bit low, which happens, right? You think cloud cover, yeah. stuff like that. Solar, by the way, actually works extremely well in cold conditions. So it's really goofy really? when you see some of the... Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's ideal. It's more because efficient? It's an electric conversion. There's, it's, heat is usually bad when you're dealing yeah. with electricity. You want yeah. cold. And, and photo, huh, photovoltaic cells do not need heat to produce electricity. Yeah. They need sun that's that's it this yeah. it's the key ingredient <laughs> it's that arguably the only thing that matters obviously well, snow our, our, is can be a problem because it stops light from getting through interestingly if you can get the snow entirely, off your panels though. it increases efficiency because of reflection so yeah. photovoltaics in winter are are pretty pretty interesting but some of the criticisms okay, that, are way off on that
0: that explains because we have a uh we have this little tiny you know we ordered on amazon a solar panel that sits on top of our chicken coop powers a yeah. light bulb inside so we Little, can turn on lights yeah, inside because nice. it's it's pretty it's sealed up pretty good but even with snow on top of it it was still charging the bulb and i, I was I was curious on that so uh
1: yeah so i mean as long as it's not completely obscured it, yeah. it'll produce something up, up to a limit certain photovoltaic sure. cells and inverters require a certain amount of electricity production to even like generate right yeah so it's possible that if you're partially obstructed that's enough it depends the the solar
0: sensor being cold made it more efficient you're saying yeah it should i I don't know if that's true
1: across the board but every every panel that i've ever looked at you know it it, it's the the substrates the electric condition that is being you know created by the photons Mm -hmm. does not require heat and there's, there's a breaking point i think there yeah. are going to be components that that can probably have freeze out problems we did not hit any of those in texas our our issues with solar production would have been more weather related than like like cover, sort of, cloud cover yeah, yeah. stuff yeah, like that less less sun and the fact that it's winter so the incidence isn't as good either um anyways you look at wind production there were some claims that you know we had frozen wind generators we, we even had state representation that kind of clobbered that really fast the irony there being of course that's a choice right
0: when, right, and, which and a lot of people is, didn't understand, because I, I saw a lot of that on Twitter, too. People were like, what's right. wrong with y'all? You know, if they can, you know, and they're posting pictures of these wind turbines in Antarctica. It's like, yeah, right. they they paid the extra package upgrade to the bonus, like, Z off-road version <laughs> to allow <laughs> exactly. it to spin when it's negative 40 degrees. That's right. When it's That's negative right. and so, 10 in Texas, it's not going to work.
1: And and I don't know. I I don't think I ever saw any reports that I, I felt had enough backup uh, data-wise to really say even if freezing of wind turbines was an issue in Texas. But what we do know for sure is that our heavily heavy reliance on natural gas and uh, nuclear was dramatically impacted by weather conditions and specifically lack of weatherization of those facilities and transmission. Right. So, it was it was kind of a perfect storm you had some facilities that were unable to start generators and stuff like that because they got too cold we lost a major power plant providing electricity as a baseline uh, a nuclear facility because of the uh, pump that moves coolant water in and out of the system right like this is it's just Oh, crap, your, yeah. your swimming pool is going to freeze because you can't move it. We well, have to shut it down. And anytime you have to shut down facilities like that, turning them back on is not just flicking a switch. It yeah. takes days, which is what we ran into. And then on the natural gas side, the pipelines actually had issues. And my understanding is that it's it's transmission equipment as well as uh, you know literal pumps and generators in the pipeline. But all of this stuff just stacked up to put us in a situation where we required major rolling blackouts to shed load load being your demand for electricity. And the only way we can do that predictably, because asking people to stop using electricity is, well, it doesn't work very well, is to just shut them off at the grid, right? So they did that. They cut a lot of people off. Some people like myself, we were supposed to be in a rolling blackout zone and we were cut off for three days straight. Still unclear if we were cut off three days straight because it was necessary to shed that load for that period of time and we were just unlucky. Or if it was related to equipment failure when it, they shut it all down and turned it back on, which also happens, unfortunately, in, in situations like this. So yeah. you may you may were, were supposed to be in a situation where you were off for four hours and on for one or something like that. And then you ended up being off for 18 because when they turned you back on, transmission systems went haywire. And oh. you required repair, which piles up as well. So all of this just snowballs. Um, yeah. Not in the same way that we're building snowmen. Where's our sound um, effects, man? Come on. I know, right? But uh, but here, this is probably the most fascinating one to me, right? So part part of the deregulated industry means that we can go out and we can pick our retail energy provider at will. So we go shop plans left and right. Mm-hmm. Huge pain in the butt for the most part, because they they got more and more convoluted in the way they wrote their plans, um, which required ironically regulation to bring people back in line trying to like stay honest with what you advertise your cost of electricity is with transmission and stuff like that but it's really wonky cuz it's really complicated you've got delivery charges you've got transmission charges you have regulatory fees uh and then you have the cost of electricity that you are paying your provider um so your bill isn't just what TXU or Reliant or Gexa or whatever you know retail provider is it's a combination of uh you know the the transmission that, that is being charged from your grid operator. All of those things together, right? Trying to suss that out is usually a pain, but you can find good deals. I pay yeah. very little for electricity at my house, as an example. Well, one of the options in Texas that came out of this market, which is a broad retail marketplace to go pick it, are wholesale operators. Ooh. And they function in this way, which is they charge you a monthly fee... Uh, Seems like they all sort of gravitated to ten dollars a month. So you, Aaron, are going to pay me one hundred twenty bucks a year to buy electricity for me, and I'm going to sell it to you at a complete pass-through rate, plus the d- transmission delivery stuff that you sure. can't avoid. But this I'm going to I'm going to right? sell uh, you this electricity yeah. at the wholesale rate. Well, the wholesale rate at night when demand is low is like a cent, which is a lot less than what you're going to sign up for if you're paying somebody a fixed rate plan right? I think the average in Texas is 11 and a half, 12 and a half cents per kilowatt hour, as an example. Um, the, the the wholesale rate is like one cent, one and a half cent, right? At, at night. Well, because it's wholesale, as demand spikes, so do prices. And Texas is, uh, ERCOT, I believe, is the one that sets this the ceiling. The ceiling for the wholesale cost of electricity is $9 <laughs> per kilowatt, kilowatt hour. hour. <laughs> that That is that is a 100% increase in cost over like my Money, electricity plan. Lights. So yeah. literally $9 per kilowatt hour. That's a lot. That's a whole, <laughs> whole lot for electricity. And what
0: happened was... What is that percentage? Is that, is that 9,000% increase no. over one cent? Whatever, anyway. No, anyway. no, 100. It'd be 100. Nine, one cent to to,
1: oh oh over one oh one cent. Yes, sorry. If you, I was thinking nine cent. Nine cent is like a. I pay eight and a half cents per kilowatt hour, so I round up to nine. That's a hundred percent increase per kilowatt hour in that situation. Yes, if it was one cent, then yes. Um. Anyways, that nine dollar per kilowatt hour ceiling was basically in place for three straight days. And and people were on these plans. Did not understand, nor had they foreseen that they could run into the absolute maximum cost of electricity for constant. I mean, twenty-four hours, three days out of the week.
0: Did those people have power? Yes, it, some of them did. Right? So, it depends on okay, where they so were. some right? of them never they, lost power. They were still
1: power. required. Right, and and that's, so that's the thing where you get- depending on where you were. You you may not have lost power because you're right next to a hospital or a fire yeah. station. You oh, could be on a part right. of the grid yeah, yeah, that yeah. doesn't get shut down, as an example. Your electricity provider can be different than your neighbors in this case, not necessarily who's generating it, but who you're buying it from. Yeah, I get those you. wholesale rates went to nine dollars per kilowatt hour, and people paid that for the three straight days. So their monthly They're bill caught, went to like four hundred dollars. Yeah. More like 70,000. <laughs> <laughs> and so there are examples of people's bills being in the $15,0, $16,000 range because I mean, just do the math, divide by nine. It, it's just a large home can draw a lot of shoot. I think my my meter will peak out at like 13 kilowatt hours in the middle of winter right now. I don't know where my gremlins are. I need to find them and, and strangle them out. But, but I, I would be paying over a over hundred dollars an hour for electricity in a situation like that right i mean that's that's insane but so this happened people were getting massive bills well this is where like the catastrophic downhill sliding impact of this kind of a situation yeah gritty already got shut down. airco literally transferred their users to other energy providers because gritty can't pay their bill. And they can't pay their bill on the order of $1.8 billion. Oh my which God. Which means, and Gritty does this, right? They charge in $50 increments. So every time None you of get them had $50 some laying around? Apparently not. They should have called Elon, right? He would have told them to buy more batteries. Uh, if, if they're charging their users $50 basically every half hour, in the example I was just giving, right? Well... Their users either didn't have ACH on, so you couldn't automatically withdraw from their bank account, or their bank accounts went to zero, which is entirely possible at how quickly they were eating energy costs, right? So they defaulted on their payments to Gritty. Gritty defaulted on their payments to electricity providers. One in particular, the Brazos um, Cooperative, Brazos River Cooperative, they already filed for bankruptcy. (laughs) <laughs> oh because God. they owe the producers who they bought the the fuel from, probably natural gas, they owe them over two billion dollars. So we have a wholesale electricity provider that was shut down immediately because they can't pay their bills. And we have a an elect we have an energy provider. was that that is filing for bankruptcy within a week of this incident and we don't know how bad the downstream impact is going to be to companies like atmos for instance for instance who are providing the natural gas and probably if they could have sustained it and everybody could pay their bills would have seen one of the best years ever now who knows how many people are actually going to be able to pay so we we had an ugly situation that's going to turn into a financial nightmare. And it doesn't look real good for a deregulated grid to have a three-day incident cause this much damage.
0: Yeah, yeah. Super
1: interesting stuff, though.
0: It is. It is. <sighs> yeah, you always gotta you always gotta understand. There's all kinds of nuances under the covers, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's some a ton of the initial stuff. stuff. Yeah, there there was things out like there was a helicopter trying to deice a uh, a, um, a wind turbine right <laughs> and everyone was like <laughs> that was the initial sto- like the initial breaking story right. you know like fossil fuels come to the rescue which yeah. like created the helicopter which fueled the helicopter which fueled the yep. you know the di sinks anyway it was hilarious yeah it's it's one of those
1: question question your your sources motive sometimes yeah. logical fallacies aside sometimes you you get what you expect <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny yeah it it was interesting and it'll be interesting i mean we're not done yet right to be seen what actually happens to uh, texas's grid if it maintains uh deregulated status if uh if we just add some new changes to price protection or if we force winterization which of course the grand irony is a deregulated system that becomes heavily regulated when when do you stop calling it deregulated right yeah like right The fact that we have a ceiling on the wholesale rate of electricity is interesting because it should be related to the cost of providing that energy, right? Uh, It is quite possible that a provider of electricity is paying more than $9 per kilowatt hour. That's going to be really interesting because when you get into the legal side of this, finding out if somebody said, we can't produce electricity for less than $9 an hour, turn it off. Yeah. Because that's what got us here. Yep. That's right. So that, that could get really ugly. I mean, this, this it's going to be a while, I think, before we get
0: all the that details. That even seems pretty high.
1: Well, it is high, lower, but, but it's not necessarily... Well, exactly. The, the problem is if you set a ceiling on what an electricity provider can cause...
0: Or you should have some sort they, of like stop-loss trigger, right? If you're going to start charging me over this co-op, I'd rather have no power.
1: Yeah, right. well, and I Feel imagine stuff like up that up is this what's going to happen.
0: Otherwise, turn off my power, please.
1: But but see, this is what's interesting about this, though. And I don't really understand how the rest of the grid manages it unless it, it's just a risk equation and you don't run into situations just so you don't see the bill run up as high. Yeah. And, and I think that's probably the answer, right? So imagine if we weren't a deregulated grid, if we were tied into Arkansas and we were tied into New Mexico and we were tied into Oklahoma, then we can borrow Amazing. from their energy yeah. production and we don't have the catastrophic situation that we ran into, it's an argument. I don't understand enough about it to say whether that's the right answer or the wrong answer. But if not having a situation like this ever happens means that you have to pay 10% more for your electricity bill every month, arguably that's less expensive than the billions of dollars of loss that we're we're in right now. Yeah. what what I don't completely understand is if you have a regulatory ceiling on how much you can charge for a kilowatt hour or megawatt, because I think that's how they price it to the providers, right? Um, how do you protect against a an electricity producer turning off their system if they can't produce for less than $9 per hour? My guess is mm. that there's an equation that says there most of our electricity providers can produce at less than $9,000 per megawatt hour. Yeah. Therefore, $9 should get everybody who's volunteering to have their systems offline online, right? And any higher than that is just gouging.
0: So but I don't I'd know. I'd love to learn more about this in terms of how far can electricity that's produced, how far can it be shipped, right? When you talk about shipping it across state lines, especially like Texas is huge. If we're taking power mm-hmm. from states around it, you can drive for 10 straight hours from you know east to west across Texas and still be in Texas, Can you do that? I mean, could I think you can?
1: I think it depends on the transmission equipment. Obviously, there's a there's attenuation. Yeah, you know, in the lines, just naturally, the the resistance of the line itself is going to to steal from you. That's what I'm saying. But there there are clever things that you can do in electric systems to amplify signals. It's kind of like the opposite side of an antenna. It gets yeah. a small signal; it makes it big. You can you can do some of that. Um, okay. My understanding is in transmission, you can do some of that. But I would imagine, yeah, there there is probably a limit. So who knows? But think Maybe about the like far corners,
0: and think about Dallas Fort Worth alone. Just Dallas Fort Worth, the population here is what twice the size of the population of all of Oklahoma. <laughs> Dallas Fort Worth metro area. Sure, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's like four million people in Oklahoma and like eight million people in DFW metro area. Yeah, no. You have Eight million right. people trying to get power from the state of Oklahoma, even if well, even if it wasn't it's all, deregulated. It's all a balance it scenario,
1: though. Yeah, that's a, yeah. We can only we can only get as much as as Oklahoma wants to sell us. I mean, that's yeah, one of the fun parts too. of being states is that yeah. it's a negotiation at that point. Yeah. And uh, and the negotiation doesn't usually go in your best interest when you're desperate right. and bent over a barrel for it. So and yeah, the same I, I thing think happens if you go down South
0: Houston. Yeah. Look at Houston and Louisiana or like, you know, how are we going to get power from New Mexico? No, yeah. I don't even, even know. I don't even do like people didn't talk about that as much, but yeah. um, how do you, how would you run power from New Mexico into the state of Texas? Have you seen West very Texas? Very expensively. Have you seen Eastern <laughs> New Mexico? Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> One of the other things, dude, can you imagine like 200, 250 years ago or whatever, or any time before that, if what happened to us, where it was seventy-two degrees, week later it's negative ten for four days. My A week gosh. later it's eighty degrees.
1: I know it's insane.
0: What? How uh, does your how does your mind process that? How and without the weather world forecasts? Is <laughs> yeah, without any sort of weather forecast, you have no idea. You have no idea. Well, and what if was the, the go, average
1: the average lifespan? At, at that point in time, probably would have been like 30 years.
0: Yes. I actually it's looked quite at map possible you
1: hadn't seen snow in your life.
0: And then <laughs> that <true>. happened. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah, if you lived in like, yeah. These are one once in a South lifetime events. Yeah. Yeah. You like, might have seen like a tiny dusting. You'd never seen even temperatures sure. that low.
1: No. Uh-uh. Nope. Uh, <sighs> no, crazy. That would have been nuts. That would have been nuts. Anyways, All what right, else? What is else do you want to talk about? dude? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's fun to talk about. You know, actually, I I saw an article that uh, Curtis Bunker shared with us that I thought was uh-huh. cool. He shared out a few robotic uh, related ones. Curtis is Ooh. awesome at giving us content, by the yes. way. Yes, shout out uh, Curtis. Keep Bunker. it up, man. Love it. We do. We, we don't. We don't focus on it enough. We're gonna do better. But um,
0: he sent hey, out one wait, that said. Before you get to that uh, quick stat from the show, his episode, his the Curtis Bunker twenty, tw- what is it twenty thirty to twenty fifty episode? I just saw the other day is our number one uh, listen to Ooh. show. It just moved. It just well took over the deserved. top spot.
1: Super interesting. Listen, if you haven't already had it, anybody that joined us and hadn't gone back in time, that one is one that you should absolutely go check out. Uh, it's awesome. And this is also awesome because uh, somebody is, I forget now who it was because I read it this morning and it's oozing out of my ear, um, but there's muscle-like gel is being used in robotics. What? So it it's it's muscle like in the sense that it can actually build from use and it's more of like what? a fluid. Yeah, it's freaking cool. Well, and when you
0: think um, about like the electrical, so muscles move with electrical stimulation, which right. works well through a, a gel as well. Dude, does this have to do with the Disney thing? Have you seen no, that, that one's different? That was the, the that Disney was the stare? other one that
1: I grabbed. That one's hilarious. I feel like I've seen that one before. I don't know what the yeah. age of that article is, but it is it it they gave Disney gave robots a human-like gaze, which yes. just the phrase is creeping all out. But apparently, the idea is to be less creepy as a robot. I don't, I don't maybe think they put worked, some though. skin
0: on it. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, they're the, going to with their with the skeleton, gel gel muscles. They're yeah, going to make actually, soft I robots. Know, I don't know that that'll make me feel any better. I think maybe nope, not knowing, at all. knowing that it's a robot and seeing the robotic, you know, action yep. below it, I think maybe makes me feel better.
1: Well, that, and that wow. was the comment I was just trying to make is that, yeah, okay. So a creepy robot stairs are creepy, but it's more creepy when it's not creepy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: oh man.
1: That robot is looking at me lovingly. Did and you see the like
0: it. the deep kind of staying in this vein? Did you see the deep nostalgia company? No. What was that? So deep nostalgia is, is the name of the company, Nostalgia's but it's a, a liar. So it's a new serve. Well, not the name of the company. I'm sorry. It's a new service offered from the genealogy site, MyHeritage. Ooh, go and on. And what they do, Yeah, they take AI to animate old family photos. It's, it's recently. Oh, yes, I did see this. I didn't realize media. that
1: that was what it was called. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: hilarious. Yeah. Clearly, I did not
1: read that whole article. That and is shown... creepy and awesome, though.
0: Yeah. So they, they've actually, so as part of it, because you, you could just upload a photo. Um, and, and I think their end goal is to get you excited about the service. And then eventually, they're going to sell you a DNA kit. So be aware of that aspect of <laughs> it. But you upload, a, you upload, you know, a whatever, several um, generation ago photo. And then all of a sudden, they animate it. And now you're looking at your great, great, great grandmother, like moving around and blinking. You know, you know what I and, you know, smiling. immediately thought
1: of when I saw that was Harry Potter and the living pictures. Oh uh, yeah. 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 They're going to do that with everything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It's so crazy. Yeah. Go look at it. Uh, there's a good article on it on the guardian.com, but just Google deep nostalgia and you'll see it. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of tweets that they'll link to in there. That's that it's, is so neat. And they had it's a lot cool, of uh, but it's a little examples.
1: It, it is, but it's also I, like, that's one of those things that I could see it's going to persist, right? That is such an yeah. interesting technology and it's going to create some really interesting, uh, I don't know, use cases, yeah, and and is a perfect segue into another article I ran into this morning, um, and it, this this one kind of blows my mind. Digital art. A gentleman yeah. sold a digital piece of art. This is something that was made electronically and is freely viewable from any computer in the world and your smartphone. He sold it for six point six million dollars. Yes, and I've and, been and to talk about this on the show. And where's Matt Baker? Because yes, you know Matt Banger, come back on the show, <laughs> <laughs> non fungible <laughs> tokens. That's right. So they're they're using cryptocurrency to prove the authenticity of the original digital asset,
0: and therefore, like,
1: well, it's it's just like any other antiquity.
0: But I just don't understand why you would want to own it. Like the the Nyan
1: Cat, apparently thing? for massive increases in money. I guess.
0: Yeah. There, yeah. What was the one? There was a 10 second video that the guy bought for 60 K in October of last the, year. This is the 6. example. 6 he That's bought it one? for
1: $67,000 okay. and he sold it for 60, 60, 6.6 million, 6.6 oh. 6 million. He, it, it is, it is just like the antiquities market. And if you look at a guy who purchased this initially for $67,000, his argument was, I know this artist and I know what he means to the art industry And then fast forward like a year or two. I don't even know when he did it. I don't remember the date from that, but he turned around, he sold it for $6.6 million, which means someone bought it for $6.6 million.
0: (laughs) Dude, it's happening all over the place. There was like a, there was a photo of, uh, there was a photo of LeBron James dunking a basketball that sold for like $202,000. It's tokenized, right? That's tokenized. Yeah. And now you own the photo. Now it can be anywhere on the internet, but you own it. That's, but that's that's but insane. Why? Can you get royalties I mean, I from get, it, or is so it, I, get I think exactly. it's just like
1: everything else, yes. though, right? It's yeah. it's the, owning the Mona Lisa. Yeah, it's somebody would gladly pay exorbitant amounts of money to be the one owner of that, and then they turn around and probably loan them out to to, you know, yeah, museums yep. and stuff. But I I don't I, I won't pretend to ever have really understood the incredibly high priced antiquities market. But I think this is exactly the same. And it's kind of neat that cryptocurrency is
0: enabling it. Yeah. But it's also absolutely absurd. And let this shake your world, man. And this is kind of what I meant by like Bitcoin being the being like firefighter number three in the first act of this movie. Right. I'm not. It was something I tweeted a little while ago. Right. And some Mm -hmm. people agreed. Some people disagreed, et cetera. But I'm not saying Bitcoin is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm saying like this is this is a this is a move, this is a change, this is something crazy is happening here, right? So Christie's auction company, if you're not familiar, it's a British auction, auction house founded in 1766, right? Its main premises are on King Pretty Street, St James's, in London, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and in uh, Rockefeller Center, in New York City, and they sell, what is it, uh, holding company, sales in 2015 totaled uh, $5 billion, right? Art, all kinds of stuff like that. Now they're selling digital assets and for exchange for non-fungible tokens, to exactly. say, hey, you own this digital thing that somebody, I, I mean, it's just blowing my mind, man.
1: I, I can't, I, I'm still, even as somebody that I feel like understands what's happening, like yeah. technically, I am at a complete loss why this is a
0: thing. Same. Yeah. I mean, do I do it? Because, so there's like Decentraland where you can go and create your own like plot and build a house in this virtual city. Come on, you own some of those
1: tokens, don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. Like, would I buy a photo of, LeBron dunking, so I can then have a digital copy of it and put it up in my virtual house. Like, is that? You, but happening? you can have it. You it just can me. have a digital
1: copy of it, anyways. You just don't get the original digital copy. This it's is not even the original digital, my digital brain copy. Hurt.
0: I don't think it's the original <laughs> digital copy. It's just that you own that digital copy. You own that. That digital okay, That makes that makes even less sense. How do you know you own the original? That's what the tokens are
1: for. They're non-fungible. So when an artist creates a digital asset and ties it to a non-fungible token, you know you have a pedigree of the original creation of um, the
0: art. That's a, that,
1: that's, it. The, that's how I understood it to be. I'm not saying you couldn't sell a token for something that isn't original, and then you like yeah. basically have a serial number that says this is your version of it. But that's yeah. even
0: more stupid. Well, that's what I, I saw that happen as well. I can't remember the exact story. There was an artist, uh, like a music artist, that created nothing. some album, uh, an album cover or something like that, and then they gave it to some people to go sell um, on the digital marketplace. And crazy, uh, gosh, dude! I don't know.
1: But I mean, I guess, I guess you could do it's a uh, even though a digital asset like that is limitless, right? You can copy yeah. it billions and billions of times. If if you tokenize ten of them, then ten are the original and apparently people find value in that and i'm probably being really insensitive to artists right now but no, I, I think you are I I think do we're have just trouble wrapping are trying to
0: it. i think we're just trying to understand it i don't think anyone's being being insensitive but oh, i'm not trying like, to be but no I, but coming I, from I, the napster generation it's just like why would you why would you pay for would you do a jpeg why right right why would you pay for a jpeg <laughs> so if anyone understands that come on the show let's talk about it Help us understand, oh, um, man, non fungible tokens and their stuff. Yep, that's uh, that's to crazy. To that? uh,
1: well, I'm gonna have to cut it off here shortly, but I do have okay. a couple other short ones. One one that was interesting is apparently um, Polaris is releasing or has released a teaser for an all electric UTV. So it's a side by side that's all electric. Which I thought I you were going amid- to say uh, this-
0: like a wave runner kind
1: of deal no 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 that'll be cool but i don't just polaris make
0: watercraft
1: crafts they do yeah they do, uh, yeah, okay. they do. I, I didn't realize that i always think of like yamaha and, and uh, yeah because they're better the other... ah, burn anyways i'm very familiar with uh polaris side-by-sides and uh i don't i'm sure they do other
0: atvs as well but um they may have stopped making them actually possible yeah
1: the uh uh anyways my first thought was why why would you want and 2004 side by side sorry they started in 2004 Go ahead. and then i proved my gut wrong because i immediately had use cases like my my in-laws have a farm and being able to plug in and scoot around in your your atv for a day when the grandkids are in town totally fits inside of the range that you'd want yeah. in an electric vehicle that size and then me in the place that I'm at, like be able to drive back and forth between random stuff that's close by and let the kids tear around the backyard. So I'm actually yeah, just dude, mad now that they don't have an electric ATV.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I want have smaller several, ones. I don't need yeah. a side by side, but, but now, I'm mad that it doesn't exist. They, yeah. I'd love to <laughs> just be able to plug them in. It would be, it would be really cool. So I'm excited that that's happening. It'd be less annoying to my neighbors as well. I think that too. Much just more quiet. The, the sound of the internal combustion engine. Yeah.
1: So I'm gonna need like Honda and Suzuki and and uh, Yamaha to go ahead and just get right on that 50cc esque <laughs> ATV electric like Pronto.
0: Like now. Up to. Up to. Ship Tyler the beta. Okay. There you go. I'll take it. Seriously. Maybe we'll just, his- let's just build one, Billy. Really, what are you doing this summer? Yeah, man. Dude. (laughs) Yeah. Your kids will put like 4,000 hours on it in the first day. Yeah, they will. (laughs) (laughs) Then they'll probably put it in the creek. (laughs) Oh, that's true too. Okay. Uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta shut it down here, but I can't, I can't not mention this. So there's an article that's been going around Twitter for a little bit. Uh, zoom fatigue, Stanford study. It's not that exciting. Everyone gets it. You know, there there is, but some of the suggestions in there are pretty funny, but are not funny, but helpful. Um, but one of the things that I thought was funny, so there are four major results from this study that they did. Number one, excessive amounts of close up eye contact is highly intense. (laughs) What I thought was funny. It said, uh, when someone's face is that close to ours in real life, our brains interpret it as an intense situation that is either going to lead to mating or to conflict. (laughs) It says what's happening in effect while you're using zoom for many, many hours is you're in this hyper aroused state. So anyway, it goes on to, to say- I am
1: hyper aroused right now.
0: The, the solution is, well, not. and I have a, I have a large <laughs> monitor and I've got Zoom yeah. in, in full screen. And so, yeah, your head is like just massive in front of me. So, <laughs> so you I don't know if i about to fight or what. Yeah, <laughs> Or propose, uh, so, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so one of the things they said was uh, significantly reduce the size of your Zoom window and be conscious of the size of the people that you're looking at. So that way your really brain just isn't interpreting- you have all of these individuals with very large faces it's, in your face funny. all day. It's funny because I almost never
1: maximize my zoom window. It it always takes up half of my screen or less. Yeah. Um, and so I may have accidentally followed that advice for like the last six months. Yeah. And the the problem I run into is the occasional um you know, when somebody shares it, it'll auto maximize. I'm sure that's a yeah. saying, but it, it's useful when somebody's sharing their desktop and you're trying to read an email or something, which is absurd over Zoom. Stop doing that. Yeah. But, uh, but then like they'll turn off the share, and all of a sudden it's just boom, one giant face in your face. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Pull out Wait, the thing, <laughs> so
0: number two is seeing yourself during video chats constantly in real time is very fatiguing. It's it's akin to somebody following <laughs> well, you around really with funny. a mirror. In your face. Oh, <laughs> while you're talking to people, while you're making decisions, you're giving feedback, getting feedback, giving directions, all this kind of stuff. You just constantly see yeah, yourself in a mirror. Nuts. That'd be crazy. So this can was the you, coolest thing. Can I did you shut your own a... video off? Yes. I can actually see the reflection Dude, of you know your that. monitor in your whiteboard. Right click yeah. on your face and hit hide, uh, hide view. I never want to see my face. Yeah. <gasps> but now you're bigger and I'm irritated. Yep. So it, it hide, <laughs> hide self-view. <you. laughs> Whatever. Turn yourself back on. But this whole podcast, I have had turn myself on hidden, all the time. And I just looked at you, and I felt I have felt more focused because I'm not worried about whether or not, like, you know, I got yeah. broccoli in my teeth or something, right? You do, but you don't have Thanks. to worry about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on that note, that brings another tech practice. Oh, what else do you have to say? I know there's two off?
0: others. That's it. It's oh, it. come right. on. Whatever. I, I actually, I got to go. Yeah, you, you gotta can, go. you Get can tell here. us Shut more
1: because we'll we, we this. We have podcast fatigue right now at the end of the yep. hour, so people Shut aren't even going to hear the last two until next time, anyways. So let's just bring it back up. Sorry to oh. cut you off. And for there, there's your cliffhanger, listeners. How excited are you about the next time we talk about this? I'm very excited. <laughs> Highly aroused, even. <laughs> and to close thanks for joining us we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did thanks for listening thanks for subscribing thanks for supporting us with patreon or anything else and we will talk to you on wednesday russ come back
0: come back dude get well it's been like yeah, four months get, since you've been sick get healthy bud wolverine patient zero wolverine. <laughs> bye, bye.